Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Friday, hour number three, last hour of the week for us before Super Bowl 57. That means we're getting closer to Zay's pick during Stems and Seeds at 245. I'm Chad Hastings. I've already made my pick. I got the Eagles 37 to 20. I think they're going to control this thing. I hope I'm wrong. I want to say I'm wrong on Monday, but I'm going with the Eagles. A lot of folks are. There are a few I've heard that are going with the Chiefs. We'll see what our next guest wants to do there. Isaiah Collier alongside, and he's playing this beat right here. All right, Zay, I had two thoughts when I heard it. I thought of Snoop Dogg right away. There you go. Okay. And then, but then to go way back, I thought, well, maybe this has some like George Clinton P Funk, you know, yeah, definitely has some of that era to it as well. So I didn't know if you were going with the original or a Snoop Dogg beat. This is Snoop Dogg. Okay, what's my name? Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Dogg. That's this one, Dr. Dre beat, classic Doggy Style album. And the the sampled song from P Funk, I think, is called Atomic Dog. That this is okay. Based yeah, yeah, on. I know what you're talking about. You know what I mean? Wow, wow, wow. I think that was. Yeah. I think that's called the Atomic Dog. Okay, I think so. Uh, shout out to all those P Funk fans. If I'm wrong, there you can let me know. Uh, so a Snoop Dogg beat getting us started this hour. We got a lot to get to. We're gonna try to fit Nate Boyer in somewhere, but even if we don't, uh, let me tell you real quick about Nate Boyer, the movie star. And I know our man Jeff Ketchum will appreciate this. So Nate Boyer is not only, you know, Nate Boyer, his incredible story, everything that he's gone through, been through, served our country, uh, and, and done so many great things, helped people, helps people all over the world, all of that stuff, was a part of the, you know, Colin Kaepernick discussion and trying to have those discussions on both sides of everything. And now he has directed a movie and he stars in the movie, Zay. You told me about this earlier doing a little research and apparently this is out out now, and it's called MVP. Is that right? Correct. Wow. So he is one of the stars of the movie, directed it, and I guess it's just out there. People can get it on, the, on streaming services, hopefully. Yeah, I want to say it's through Showtime. When I saw the trailer, Showtime popped up, but I think you could get it on multiple streaming platforms. Yeah, Nate, big time. Being able to act in a movie and direct it. That is awesome. That is impressive. That is so cool. So if you want to check it out, uh, check out MVP, directed by and starring Nate Boyer. And uh, there's a, a personal angle on it from him. I'm trying to find the description that Stu sent us of the movie. And I, for some reason, I'm not finding it, Zay. Why am I not finding it? There it is. There it is. There it is. So the way it was described to us is... Uh, A recently retired NFL player develops a strong bond with a homeless veteran who suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder. 
And again, Nate is in the movie. So we wish him all the best with that. We may talk to Nate a little later, but as you can imagine, a lot of folks want to talk to Nate Boyer. Uh, Also, we love talking to this guy on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We do it every Friday about this time. Let's get some Longhorn stuff and a Super Bowl pick from Jeff Ketchum of OrangeBloods.com. What's up, Ketch? What's up, fellas? I'm just contemplating this Nate Boyer movie. Yeah, isn't that interesting? I, I had no idea it was going on until today. The concept of directing and starring in your own movie, that's pretty fascinating. I was literally trying to think of myself doing the same thing. I don't know if I could have done it. Yeah, no, so, it- kudos to Nate. I, I, it's, wow, talk about a guy with just no limit on his talents. Yeah, absolutely. Nate Boyer, I knew he could do anything, but I didn't really think he was going to prove it uh, by, doing yeah. some, by doing something like that. That's amazing. Um, catch, speaking of kudos, we got to give you kudos because I was freaking out last week about this Texas and OU and SEC story, and I thought they were really stalling things out. But you told us you thought it meant it was closer to happening, and now we've got the official story. So kudos to you for realizing that Texas and OU were closer than a lot of people thought. You know, I said a lot of stuff last week, and some of it was right. Some of it was, like, way off. Uh, I wrote a column where I was like, I don't know if Texas and Oklahoma really want to spend the money and, and, and ultimately $100 million combined, along with Texas having to change a, a really kind of key non-conference game from home, home to road from 2024 to 2027. Like, I didn't think that they – I didn't know if they would do that, but – It did last Friday to me feel, and I mentioned it, like a free agency or trade deal where right when you hear it's not going to happen, that's when you know it's close. And in the end, the signs were there. That's exactly what happened. There was a little bit of fuss behind the scenes. It got reported on. But I, I never spoke to a Texas person who would know what's going on. And I didn't talk to anybody who talked to Texas people who would know what was going on, who were ever anxious or nervous, and for good reason. I I talked to a source yesterday that didn't tell me that the thing was going down yesterday afternoon, but told me with 100% certainty that he thought it was going to get done. And then then I was like, okay, I can hold this for the war room. This will be really good information, like nice little tip. And in the end, it gets outdated because I waited. There were a lot of lessons learned yesterday. Hmm. Interesting. Jeff, let me ask you this because it's kind of just like about time. You know, why now when you could have done this a long time ago? Let us know just what took so long. When it's just, you know, Big 12 being petty, Fox, TV rights, etc. But it seemed like this process could have been done a long time ago. I think at the end it was about getting Fox whole. One of the things I wrote about over the weekend that I was wrong about was I just asked myself the question, you know, because it was reported last week that ultimately with Fox, it was about the seven premium games that Texas and OU combined that Fox would be losing on. And it made me wonder, what the hell is the value of that? Like, what does it mean that Texas and OU, that there were seven premium games? So I did a little bit of homework and tried to figure out, you know, what the, the mathematical – it turns out in these games, in a premium game, Fox would get $100,000 per 30-second segment 
uh, over the over. So they're they're contractually obligated to have seven and a half minutes of uh, of time in every quarter at a minimum. So basically, you're talking about a minimum of about seven million dollars for one of these games, and there were seven of them. And so there's like on a low end ballpark, fifty million. There's the delta involved in what would. What would it mean if those games were replaced and how much less money you would get? But ultimately, Fox had a legit gripe. You see that they're getting $20 million, it's being reported. Uh, to be fair, I'm not the one reporting this. Uh, I think Pete Thamel was reporting last night, uh, among others, if I'm not mistaken, that $20 million of the $100 million will go to Fox. So that, that points to exactly what I'm talking about, where they were trying to get them all. And moving this game... In 2027, in uh, in Ann Arbor to next year, so that suddenly there's a there's a Michigan Texas game that's on Fox next year. I mean that's that's probably a 15 million dollar game for for Fox. Uh, if you're Texas, you know they're in a situation now that from a non-conference standpoint, for the next three seasons, they're at Alabama, at Michigan, and at Ohio State. That's not <laughs> insignificant. Right. That's your next three seasons really up against it on the road. Now, look, they'll get Ohio State and Michigan State, if I'm not, or excuse me, Ohio State and Michigan back to back after that. But for the next three years, the non con. Anwar and I over at Orange Bloods argue about this all the time, but we're in this together. There's no, it's it's more risky to play those types of games than anything else these days. That the SEC has proven that if you play in the SEC and then you win a bunch of games inside the SEC, you're probably not going to get punished. And so I'm okay with scheduling, okay, but woo, I mean, that's a bear. And and for Coach and Steve Sarkeesian who is trying to get his program elevated to levels that it hasn't yet reached uh, and hasn't consistently reached since Mac Brown's prime, you know, a guaranteed L in September in each of the next three seasons, which isn't guaranteed, but on paper, Texas will be the underdog in those games for sure. Um, you know, it's, it's no small thing. So why did it take so long? Because I think getting Fox completely okay in these negotiations took a little bit of time. And if you're Texas, all things considered, you'd, you'd rather have had that Michigan game at home in 2024 than towards the end of the decade. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, eventually, like I said, this is like a trade negotiation. At some point, the team says, you know what, I'm not going to hold on to that extra second rounder. Or... That player to be named later, sure. I'll give I'll give that pitcher in high A ball. I'll include that person in the deal, even though I don't want to. There's always that last little bit of if if all things are are equal, I'd rather have that thing and not have to give it up. I think there were probably a few of those, and it just you know we're talking about deals worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I have fantasy deals. This sometimes takes weeks. And, you know, so, you know, like I think we're all prone on things that matter to us. 
a lot of times we're just very careful and uh, and, and I know people who won't make fantasy football trades because of the risk involved. So I, I think that in the end, no harm has been done. The deal is going to get done. Texas will be in the SEC in 2024. There weren't really any other answers other than that they ride it out. I don't think 2023 was possible for a lot of reasons, the least of which isn't that the SEC schedule has been out almost six months. So to involve Texas and Oklahoma now would be to completely undo everything that the SEC did when it announced its schedule in September. That just felt like chaos. And so right. this always makes the most right. amount of sense. And, and now here we are. Talking with Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com. So, Ketch, as we look forward, you mentioned the, the uh, non-conference stuff. In terms of the in-conference, we've been talking about it today, kind of what makes sense. The idea I've heard that makes sense is nine conference games. It's Texas playing OU, A&M, and Arkansas every year, rotating the uh, you know uh, six of the other teams uh, outside of that. Do you like that basic idea? Do the folks on your message board like that idea? Are there any other ideas you've heard that you like? Well, really what this comes down to now is ESPN renegotiating and paying more money for the current for the, the future rights deal than what cur- currently exists. They have not redone a TV rights deal since Texas and Oklahoma came in, and part of that is because they didn't know when Texas and OU would be in the conference. If the answer is that ESPN is going to pony up more money, then I think the SEC is going to do what ESPN wants them to do as, a, as its priority partner. And I think you're going to see probably the nine conference game, three rivalry games annually for every team. I think it, it sounds like a smart idea. I think that making sure that it, the rivalry stuff isn't unbalanced so that Alabama has to go through the gauntlet every year, whereas Tennessee doesn't. Like you, got, you have to make sure that on some level these things are, are fair as they can be. I think it's going to be the nine-game, three-annual rivalry thing because of TV. It doesn't make any sense for, Texas, for the SEC to have schools like Texas, OU, and A&M together in the same conference and then to tell Texas or Texas A&M for that matter, you may, you may not play each other every year. I mean, that's the whole point of this. Like for me, I'm really excited that right. Texas and Texas A&M are playing again. It, it, it's, it would be silly if the idea was, well, Texas and OU will be the annual rivalry and we'll get Texas and Texas A&M once every seven years. Like I'm not quite sure how that would even work out. But on the average, it might take a while. And so I think that's where we're headed, but there are steps that have to occur before we get there. From what I've read and from what I've gathered through our own reporting over at Orange Bloods, there's a lean towards the nine games with three annual rivalry games. And there's a lot of SEC uh, president and athletic director support behind that idea. However... It really is conditioned on ESPN enhancing uh, the amount of money that it would then distribute amongst the SEC teams before that happens. So, you know, I think we'll get an answer on that. You know, Greg Sankey said, the SEC commissioner, that this would get done 
early in this in this year, mm-hmm. and and I think he meant by like the end of March. So I think they've obviously waited on this Texas and Oklahoma thing until it's done. I think now they can move forward on that. But if I, I had somebody last night tell me if I was a betting man, I would bet on Texas playing Arkansas A and M and Oklahoma annually. And that in 2024, this person would bet on Texas hosting Arkansas in 2024. Uh, the game in Dallas remaining the same between Texas and Oklahoma. And that in the first year back, Texas would travel to College Station for that first game. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Catch, let me ask you this. Savion Red is being moved from wide receiver to running back. And, and, you know, it's so hard to judge this right now just because we don't know. We didn't really see Savion Red much last year besides him throwing that little tantrum on the sideline in Oklahoma State. But with a court, with a uh, running back room that's already full, Keelan Robinson, Jonathan Brooks, you know, Jalen Blue, and we know the freshman Cedric Baxter, you think this is a good move for this team? Sure. <laughs> if I'm being completely honest, I don't think it's going to matter in the grand scheme of what Texas becomes in 2023. I, the sense that I have was that there was there were expectations that it would be hard for him to get on the field as a wide receiver next year. Um, period. That I had somebody just tell me they thought that the numbers at wide receiver, especially if Texas goes out and gets another receiver through the portal, which is absolutely on the table. I mean, just just file that away for the next few months because there's a sense that in May, Texas will approach that position in the portal uh, to further uh, boost what they believe they have. I just don't think that the coaches believe that Savion Red is a difference maker at wide receiver. So... With that being said, the best thing for him, how can he get on the field? Running back makes the most sense. It's the other position uh, that he can play. He's played it in high school. Uh, I'm curious to see what it looks like. I mean, I think everybody feels like a healthy Jonathan Brooks has a surefire role in next season's team. We know what Keelan Robinson is coming back in his final year uh, in terms of being a niche player and what his role is. If Cedric Baxter is the guy that pe- that he was recruited to be, let's let's just say that if Cedric Baxter is every bit the five star talent and player that he's supposed to be, well now, you know the next guys up are fourth or fifth string, so that's why I don't I don't mean to poo poo Savion Red's talent as a player, but it's crowded at running back too if everybody's healthy. And, and it, it won't be that way in the spring. I think there will be more opportunities for snaps uh, in the spring that would help Red. But I think it's also very possible that by the time we get to August, if Baxter's the guy that the coaches think he is, then it's, I think it's going to be tough sledding for not just him, but I think Jaden Blue suddenly, where is he in the pecking order? And now here comes Trey Wisner as a freshman. And, you know, how do you get him snaps during practice? Obviously not with the first or second team, probably very much early on, but just snaps in general start to get pretty populated. Um, I think this is the way for Savion Red to get on the field. But this also, in a year from now, we may look back and say this was the first step towards 
an eventual departure. I mean, it, it's going to be one of those two things. He's either going to get on the field, and this was the exact right move for him, or this was the first sign of the writing being on the wall. And, and look, if I had to lean towards one or the other, I'm kind of in the middle because he's being moved from wide receiver because they didn't think he was good enough. I mean, let's just not let's not beat around the bush. If they did, they would keep him there. Instead, they're making the move that they think is the best opportunity to get him on the field. But that might not exist. And so this is a really big spring for Savion Red because the talent is just going to keep coming in. It's not slowing down. And they're already trying to figure out ways, I think, to involve him the most. And, and you know, going into last year, they didn't think – he was a better running back than he was a wide receiver. That's what they recruited him as. And one year on campus, they're, they're moving him to another position because there's an anticipation that, you know, that they will have better players in those positions. And so I think, you know, we'll see. I think, I think Savion Red's a really talented kid. Uh, I just think being a skill position player at Texas right now, um, you know, it's, it's not – it's it's not for the meek. It's not it's not for pretty good players. It's going to take a lot more than being pretty good, I think, to get on the field at wide receiver at Texas or, or running back in the next few years. Catch before we let you go. Let's get a Super Bowl pick from you. I know you're like me and you ain't rooting for those Eagles, but I'm picking them to win the game. Are you picking them to win the game? No, I'm I'm full on confirmation bias. Uh, <laughs> Anti Eagles, pro Chiefs. I've got. Go. 27-24, I expect a really good game. These are both great teams during the regular season. This isn't the five seeds snuck into the Super Bowl. Um, both of these teams are deserving. Uh, I, the quarterback play for both is pretty sensational. It's a coin flip game, but I'm not wired like you, Chad. I cannot <laughs> say out loud that I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win a Super Bowl. I've barely come to – I still haven't completely come to grips with the fact that they won one with Nick Foles. Right. Of all the people in the world, I know. an Austin quarterback. <laughs> did it with one of your an guys. Austin quarterback That's right. that I didn't think was all that good in high school. <laughs> and so – Talk about having it shoved up your you-know-where yeah. in the worst way possible. A quarterback that I thought was kind of eh in high school turns out to not only be an NFL-level player, as if that's not enough to make me regret not liking him more as a prospect. No, he has to lead the Eagles to their first Super Bowl win. No, I'm not okay with what potentially might happen on Sunday, and, and it might not be a good thing to call me next week if it happens. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. It sounds horrible. That I love sounds it. Horrible. Yeah, that's fair, and we will take that under advisement. I that's, respect that, Catch. Yeah, that's, I respect that, man. That's Jeff Ketchum, orangebloods.com, at GK Catch on Twitter. Uh, be sure to make him one of your follows if he is not right now. Catch, enjoy the weekend. Oh, man, I will lose my you-know-what <laughs> on Sunday. Follow me on Twitter and watch the meltdown commence. Oh, that'll be crazy. All right, man, best of luck this weekend. Let's hope we see the red team win. Thank you. 
Amen. Thanks, Amen. Coach. Go Chiefs for catching me and a whole lot of Cowboy fans. I know a lot of you out there feel the same way. Catch has got the Chiefs, 27-24. God, I hope he's right. Up next, why today matters. We'll check in with Super Bowl Stu one more time. We've instructed him that if Nate Boyer comes by, Stu is to tackle Nate Boyer, throw him on the table, and make him talk to us. We'll see how that goes next on The Horn. Did he just say okie dokie Obi's here? Yeah. That should tell me something? It should. I don't think you have any chance of getting this. Oh, okay. OB. Like, are those his initials? OB? No. Okay. OB's his name. Ah, okay. So, hang on. From a context clue from another song, OB Trice? Oh, my goodness. See, I pay attention to Man. I pay attention to little details, little bitty details. Yes, right. Obi Trice, right before Eminem says, two trailer park girls go around the outside." Yeah. Around the outside, this voice says, "Obi Trice." There you go, genius. Yeah, Obi Trice, also from Detroit, just like Eminem. Eminem found Obi oh, cool. Trice and put them on Shady Records, and so Obi is. The next, that next wave in the next wave after Eminem. I mean, not that he's that big. I'm saying, but I'm, so yeah, Eminem like when, discovered him. Basically, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, very cool. How about that? You proud of me for that one? Very proud. Obi Trice, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this song's called "Got Some Teeth" because the hook goes, "Hoping that she got some teeth." Oh God. So, and then this video. Wow. Like M's the bartender, and you can barely recognize him, and he like. Spikes Obi Trice's drink with something ridiculous, and yeah, he That's has a wild night. And I just heard a little round the outside, yeah, so I see, okay, it, it all connects. Right. Obi Trice, Rihanna, and Jay-Z, Huey Lewis and the News, Marcy Playground, Sheena Easton, they have all been on the show today. Jeff Ketchum was just on the show. He picked Chiefs, 27-24. We'll see what Zay wants to pick. I've already picked the Eagles. Zay is going to make his pick in Stems and Seeds coming up here but before we do that we got to give you why today matters we're going to check in one more time at radio row here here we go why today matters brought to you by sinus and snoring specialist get sinus and snoring relief with dr daniel slaughter at sinus and snoring specialist 512-601-0303 or sinus snoring ent.com all right so all throughout the week uh, once again we say thank you to texas truck and trailer for being a great partner our uh, big game coverage sponsored by texas truck and trailer this week also we want to thank our man super bowl stew for once again hitting the super bowl getting some interviews getting some interviews for us, doing some interviews himself. You can check it all out at hornfm.com, including the Earl Campbell-Tony Dorsett interview that we had yesterday that was just awesome. Uh, Stu, how we doing? About to wrap things up on this Friday. Now, are you heading out like tonight, tomorrow? You staying for the game? What's the plan? I am staying through Sunday morning. I will fly out Sunday morning. Okay. I'm going to wrap things up here in about an hour or two. I, I got for my for sports guys talking about I got Tony Khan, 
the president CEO of All Elite Wrestling. There you he go. He's the chief football strategy officer for the Jaguars. Okay. He's, he's going to be here in a little bit. By the way, two things. Number one, last hour you came in to Hugh Lewis in the News. Yeah. Saw them. 1987, Ooh. Monterey, California, when I was in the Army, oh. learning Russian. Saw Hugh Lewis in the News, the opening act. Yep. Stevie Ray Vaughn. Oh, Man. wow. Great show. That's show. awesome. Yeah. I'm jealous of uh, other, I'm jealous of both of those. And then the other thing, I'm sitting here, I'm kind of, you know, cleaning up some audio. I look up, I see this guy in black, but he's got some dreads and he's got a little gray and keeps clipping closer and I look, I'm going, is that Ricky Williams was here. Oh, Ricky man. Williams came through. So now so I got to say hi to him briefly. Now earlier oh, by, and Sam uh, yeah. and Sam Macho is right across from me doing radio somewhere else. With a big scowl rocking on, a pink suit. Does he have a scowl on his face? Sam Macho? No, he's 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 happy. Of course he's smiling. Yeah, those he's big Sam ass teeth, yeah, he gonna smile. He's got the best smile uh, maybe on TV right now. Uh, all right, Stu. Yeah. So we were gonna talk to Nate Boyer earlier, but uh, he was uh, he was doing different interviews and uh, and and we told you that if he walked back by, you're supposed to tackle him and make him talk to us. Is, are you successful at that yet? No, not yet. No, you you haven't tackled Nate Boyer. I haven't seen him. Has he keep keeps in around here? He's handling himself so. He keeps getting stopped at like every turn. So such, Nate so. Boyer is represented by Nate Boyer this year. I feel him. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. On Lamar Jackson on him. That's a good idea. Let's remind everybody that movie is called MVP, directed by and starring Nate Boyer. We want to give him that love. Uh, obviously, a long one of the Longhorn fans' favorites around here from uh, uh, the last few years. Stu, I wanted to get your thoughts real quick since you were there watching the interactions between everybody and Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell. It was incredible for us to talk to him um even from this distance you could just feel the greatness but you were right there talk to us about kind of how everybody was interacting with him how those guys were getting around i mean they seemed like they were having a great time and everything um give me a sense for kind of how they were doing it was you know it was one of those things so you know it thursday's always like the hot day on radio row that's when all the big ones all the big stars come on. And and so Tony – and I had seen Tony and Earl like earlier that morning as they're doing interviews. In fact, they were over with our friends uh, at uh, within, in Tyler. Uh, it was the two of them plus Emmett Smith doing a whole roundtable wow. thing, which is really cool. That's cool. But, yeah, right? and, you, and you saw this entourage just kind of following them. And so when they came over – and, you know, in my mind, you know, I'm used to this. We booked that, what, a week or two uh, ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, bracing myself, we'll get bumped because, you know, whatever. Well, then I saw them this, that morning. I was going, okay, this might happen. And here they come. And uh, you see this mass of people following them. And it had, that, you know, phone cameras, other cameras and stuff. And it was, it was a moment. And I'll be honest, I was sitting here. I had Tony right next to me. Earl Campbell was at the end of the table. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching them and, I'm I'm getting I'm starting to get a little emotional because, you know, two of the greatest players to ever play the game of football in the great state of Texas were sitting right next to me. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. It, it was yeah, just right. It was incredible. They they were awesome together. Everybody, go check that out at hornfm.com and also go check out some of the other uh, interviews that Stu's gotten uh, this week. Zay, you got something for Stu? Yes, yeah, Stu. You told us earlier this week how. You got starstruck when you saw Emmett Smith. Well, almost another Radio Row Super Bowl for you come and gone. Has anybody stepped into that mark by Emmett to where you're like, wow, look at him? I, I'll be honest, Zay, it's, 
I think it's gotten to the point where I'm kind of used to it. Look this at you. Look nine. at that. Look at that. This is Well, this is my ninth Super Bowl. but So by this time, I'm used to seeing, you know, folks. Now it's, I mean, it's cool to see, say, you know, I saw George Kittle uh, earlier today. He walked over and did fan, uh, FanDuel radio. Uh, I saw, you know, saw Joe Montana walking over to the DraftKings set. You know, there's that, there's those, and they're they're cool. You know, but you're you're at a distance, and they, those folks usually have they're running about three, four deep as far as the group that's going around them. So you know, you can't really get to them anyway. But it's kind of neat to watch them and uh, and seeing just all the different. I saw Tua Tagovailoa earlier this morning too. I mean, you you see the current stars, you see the legends, you see the Hall of Famers. It's uh you know, it's a fun people watching experience if you will no doubt about that uh overall uh this week Stu, any favorite interview that you had i was just checking out the page i know you got to talk to a few different people any favorite moments from this year i'll I'll tell you what uh kurt menifee had kurt menifee the host for fox nfl sunday of course he's going to be hosting the pregame show on fox hey it was he was a great interview i had uh yesterday i had Mike Pereira and Dean Blandino, so longtime NFL referees. Oh, Mike I bet was that, the I bet that got the nerdy. It <laughs> <laughs> got a little nerdy, yeah. but it was great to talk to them and talk to them about about what it's like to referee a Super Bowl and, and what to look for. So uh, that was good. Uh, and by the way, uh, in addition to hornfm.com, all of my interviews are available as a podcast. So. Favorite podcast provider: search the Horn at Super Bowl Fifty Seven Radio Row. And nice. You'll see it right there. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Stu, just one more thing then. If you're going to talk to Tony Khan on behalf of me and a lot of pro wrestling fans, I need you to ask him if he wrote MJF's live promo from this week because it is one of the craziest things I've ever heard in my life. The man is going straight to hell for it, but it was one of the best promos I've ever heard in wrestling. I hate myself for saying it, but make sure you ask Tony <laughs> Khan about that one. Maybe off the interview, I, like not on the interview, but you know, off to the side. Just ask him about that one. Actually, I can tell you from personal experience with MJF because I worked with him on the independent scene. Yeah. He does his own promos. Dude, he, I'm, it's, wow. he, he's a master. Oh, I'm certain. He is an absolute master. No, I knew that one. Uh, that, it, was, it was absolutely incredible. Uh, sh- uh, tread lightly if you have not heard it yet because it's a wild one this week. But if you love wrestling and good promos, holy moly, what a moment that was. Stu, we appreciate it, brother. Have a safe trip home. Enjoy talking to Tony Khan and uh, enjoy the rest of the festivities. And uh, we will see you when you get back. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Good Thank stuff. you, Stu. Appreciate you. Super Bowl Stu once again hanging out. He's used to it now. You know, eight, nine times. He's used to all the Yeah, all ain't the nothing. It is cool, though, that you know, there's certain people that you could walk in there and then and there's going to be the starstruck deal. Can you imagine if you added Emmett Smith? To those two guys from yesterday, I don't think I could. I don't think I could have handled that. Oh, it would have been bonkers. If you take thirty four, thirty three, and add twenty two, I don't think I could do that math. Uh, it was cool to talk to those guys. If you haven't heard it, go to hornfm.com, Our interview with those two guys, Bucky and Aaron, talking to Brian Billick. Our interview earlier in the week with Sam Monson of Pro Football Focus, and the interviews that Stu was just talking about, catching up with Kurt Menefee, catching up with a couple others. He's got some uh, picture of him and Lee Steinberg. Uh, he did get a picture of him and Ricky Williams. I'll retweet that one. Uh, on the Horn uh, Twitter here in just a second as well. So cool stuff from the Super Bowl uh, this February 10th. That is definitely why today matters for us. Also, since we were just talking Emmett Smith, 
let me give his personal protector a little love on his birthday. Today is the 57th birthday of the Moose, Daryl Johnston. So there you go. You got the old school on Daryl Johnston? This is a good one. Oh, man. Crap. A school that is mostly known for being a basketball school. Should be uh, should be Big East. Now they're ACC. Syracuse? Correct. Wow. Daryl uh, Johnson went to Syracuse University. Wow, okay. I didn't know that one. Uh-huh. Happy birthday to the Moose, 57 years old today. All right, coming up, Zay's going to make his pick, stems and seeds. All of his research is done. All of his stalling is done. <laughs> he's either got to pick Jalen Hurts or he's got to pick Patrick Mahomes, and he'll do it next on The Horn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Done on a Friday. Zay, I think I'm going to ride my Obi Trice guess and maybe not guess this one because I'm not quite re- recognizing this. Do I have a shot here? No, zero shot. This oh, is beautiful. tough. Who is it? Big L. Big L? Big L out of Harlem. Just the, just the letter L. Big yeah. L. Yeah. Okay. Do you know enough about him to know what the L stands for? No. It'd be great if it was like a Leonard. Larry. Yeah, he passed away on us earlier. Oh. In '99, so. Damn. Big L rounding it out today. Ob Trice earlier. I did get that guess in. Thank you to Ob for mentioning him his first name to help me. Rihanna and Jay Z, Huey Lewis in the news, Marcy Playground, Sheena Easton have all been on the show. Plus that incredible Snoop Dogg beat to start the hour. We hope you are having a good Friday. Again, HornFM.com. If you want to check out our interviews from the week, I just retweeted uh, again the interview with uh, Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell. If you missed that yesterday. Uh, again, shout out to Nate Boyer and this movie that's out, MVP. We didn't get a chance to talk to him, but he directed and stars in this movie. It's got a personal connection for him because it does involve uh, um, you know, a veteran that's going through some issues and former NFL player and things like that. So uh, it's something that was that I, I know has to be personal to Nate. So check that out. Um, i got to find out where that movie's available and check it out myself. It's called MVP, and I believe it came out sometime in 2022. So you can check all that stuff out. Also, I just retweeted the picture of uh, our man Stu with Ricky Williams and a little gray in the beard at uh, at Super Bowl Radio Row. So a lot of people uh, checking out uh, the Super Bowl. Speaking of the game, it's time for Zay to finally make his pick. Let's go stems and seeds here. Let's do it. No stress, no seeds, no stems, no sticks. 
Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678 or avconsultations.com. Zay, your stage. Hit it. Oh, man. Super Bowl 57. It's finally here. I want to pick the Chiefs so bad. I really do. And people have valid points. This season, the Eagles' schedule isn't the best. I mean, you lost to Dak Prescott. (laughs) You lost to Taylor Heineke. So what happens when you play against Patrick Mahomes? That's Mm. what I'm thinking. And you say that as the president of the Heineke fan club. Uh, Yes. Okay. That's not good. So... I'm going to go with Chiefs just because I think they're more of the underdog. But I don't like it, Chad. <laughs> I do not like it one bit. Hey, I hope you're right. I hope you are right. So you're going Chiefs. You got a score for us? Um, 25, 21. 25-21. All right. I'll take it. I'll take Chiefs 2 to nothing. I'll take four to two. Can we do that? Oklahoma high school team? Like the Oklahoma uh, boys basketball game? I'll take that. I'll take a boring four to two. I'll take two nothing on a last second safety, however we get it. Like Patrick Mahomes has proven that he's not that same quarterback he was a couple years ago where your Buccaneers just were all over him. Okay. I think he's he's matured from that. I I think he's grown from that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. How does that Eagles defense stack up to that Bucks defense? How do they look as compared to what that Bucks defense looked like? Because as much as that game was Tom Brady and an offense scoring, that defense is what won it for them. Let's see if the Eagles can do the same thing. Or is this a game where we all have to say, you know what, that Patrick Mahomes, he just took himself up a level. Took himself up a level at, what is he, 24, 25, 20? He's a little older than that. He might be 26. Maybe 26 now. Yeah. Yeah. But in the prime of of his career, and he would have more Super Bowls than a Rodgers does and that a Russell Wilson does. Yeah. I'm nervous about those two-corner rookies that the Chiefs got going against A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Yeah. That could get nasty, Yeah, especially if they're focusing on that really good run game. Here's another name we haven't said all week long. Dallas Goddard. Dallas. Damn Goddard. Everybody's focused on Kelsey. Dallas Goddard. In a, so in a underrated. Matchup, look out. All right, ball don't lie coming up. Remember, softball game's over on 1260. Women's game here on the Horn tomorrow. Go check the schedule out at hornfm.com. We got it all laid out for you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. See ya.